Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Today, we're talking about Batman. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. You sound a little excited with that one. <laughs> what? Just because I am Batman. <laughs> I'm just saying, you've never seen me and Batman in the same room. This is true. Old joke. Anyways. I've never seen Batman in a room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because he's hiding in the coffee table. <laughs> we have plenty of DVDs. You can see it right there. <laughs> right behind David, there's like five of them. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're talking about Batman, um, considering the, the new Batman movie just came out uh, not too long ago, and we've all seen it, finally. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what did you guys think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. I went in a little worried about the how long the movie was, because I was worried there might be some pacing issues or points that just drag on. And for me personally, I didn't feel that. Um, it, I enjoyed everything throughout the whole movie and just felt engaged from start to finish. And it helped that there wasn't just any of those weird, awkward silences or anything like that. Like if people weren't talking, there was just that constant movement with the soundtrack and like the the audio effects and whatnot. As is just, I thought it was done really well, and I was definitely going in with very low expectations. Yeah, I think <laughs> a lot of people were. <laughs> I, I was going in with faded expectations when quite say low but definitely expecting to be disappointed in some regards yeah i think definitely me too i was i was leaning towards the side of keeping my my expectations low just because wasn't quite sure about robert pattinson as batman like i was kind of excited for it but at the same time knowing his track his track history um Track record, that's what it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Track record. You could almost uh, hear the hamster fall off the wheel for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, his track record of uh, of movies. I mean, I Especially I enjoyed him. Bats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't sparkle in this one, so progress. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, and I, I will, gotta say, yeah, I think he did a good job. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, I enjoyed the Twilight movies. I'm I'm in the minority. Um, here but um the only reason i watched those was because of an ex-girlfriend <laughs> that was yep. not something i chose to sit down and watch on my own yep, um it was like I, he definitely surprised me with what he did in that movie and he he was a lot more enjoyable than i was expecting for sure um and i just enjoyed his take on the character i will say i didn't think he was a very good bruce wayne yeah agreed. i think he did a really good job in the suit and I loved the detective aspect of it because yeah. it was so different. We've always seen this like crime fighting action hero, which I enjoy those kinds of things, but it was nice to have a break and see something a little bit different. Yeah. Well, then also it's kind of truer <clears throat> to the original premise of Batman. Yeah. He was more detective. Than oh yeah. Vigilante. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. Like I've been wanting to see something like that for a while. Um, and they just, always steer clear of that and i guess even with like the nolan ones i was surprised that they didn't do a little bit more with that since they wanted to rely more on like the realism of things yeah um and so i was a little surprised that they didn't really touch on that much but yeah i i enjoyed it i thought he did a really good job yeah and i think um like you said with with it being the detective comic like that's where his origins came from was detective comics Mm -hmm. um 
kind of where well actually no dc was something different but detective comics well, it, it was dc be, it, it, dc is what detective comics became right it was a merger with another company that i can't remember of uh, the name of but yes okay so. I, I was correct then <laughs> in thinking yeah. it then okay um yeah so like seeing batman kind of come back to his roots of seeing the clues seeing the the forensics of it um even kind of the stuff that you see in the games that we play like mm-hmm. arkham arkham knight and arkham city and stuff like that you kind of see some of that in it well i think that they started strong with the detective side of things in arkham asylum and then slowly ventured more to the more common action hero type like there were still some detective aspects in arkham city with you actually like going around the city and doing investigating different murders and stuff like that. And they had that there. And then Arkham Knight, they're like, here's a tank, shoot people. Like, right. so it's <laughs> very different pacing. And yeah, but there was but, also the, the times where you could like scan a scene and rewind yeah. how things went and like yeah. be able to see it in different, um, you know, speeds and stuff like that. So like there was definitely some, at least technological, mm-hmm. um, they detective did, work. Yeah. I, there was some stuff. I don't remember that being nearly as prevalent in Arkham Knight. I know that Arkham Asylum, Arkham City to an extent, and Arkham Origins actually had a good bit of the detective side of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Arkham Knight was a lot closer to that action hero style stuff. Yeah. 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 I will say this was a very uh, unique take on Riddler as well. It was. Yes. It was. It was a much darker... Because like... It, even in most of the more modern takes on Riddler, he tends to be just kind of like the goofy guy that sends his minions in and he doesn't get his hands dirty if he doesn't absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Whereas this take on the Riddler was very much like, no, I am in the weeds here. Very dark. My, my hands are covered in blood. Yeah. Like it was very different take. And I liked it. I thought yeah. he was like, he did the creepy side of that, like, genius intellect type stuff really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the scenes where they were showcasing Riddler and specifically his intellect and more of how he's trying to play this, set up this mind game against everybody, I think they did a really good job of kind of emulating uh, David Finch's Zodiac with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I think so. he was pretty much tailored after that in, in some ways, at least this version of it. it at least that retelling because even that retelling had differences from the source material which was based on the actual events so right yeah i'm sorry i'm going full mo- former mo- movie critic with that one <laughs> sorry my bad no you're good um i will say the one thing i was a little bit disappointed in with with the riddler and i i did like this version of it but i feel like they kind of took the the idea of what riddler actually did in the comic books and in the in the um previous iterations of it was he would set the clues to make Batman figure out the clues to save the the people that he was going after. Whereas this one was like, no, figure out the clues after it's already done. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. like, the, like <clears throat> I killed this person, figure out how I did it. Well, <laughs> but the clues are also put there leading him to the end Riddler's end. The end game. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I totally get what you mean. Like it, in the previous ones, it was always the like, okay, no, you need to do this to get to this point. Whereas this one is just like, no, everything is already set in place. Let's see if you're smart enough to keep up. Right. Yeah. That I appreciated about it. And I would say that that has been a 
sticking point for me about the Riddler. So whenever I first heard, hey, this movie is going to be showcasing the main villain will be Riddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh. <clears throat> I was interested <laughs> I was when they announced he, that just because I wanted to see a different take. Yeah. It's like Jim Carrey is funny and he has his own stuff, but that was like a very different goofy take on the Riddler. Right. Whereas like the version of Riddler that we've seen both in the games and TV shows and so on doesn't really do the goofy stuff much anymore. Hasn't really in a long time. Mm. Now I will say that one thing that I really appreciate about this one, it's very shockingly closely tied to um, the long Halloween. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, They made some obvious changes. One Riddler's in it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Because in in many ways, just the, uh, the original holiday killer storyline one, I don't think it's all that engaging. I mm. think it's an awesome point, and the graphic novels tend to wax philosophical, which, love it, doesn't always translate well to film. Mm-hmm. And with kind of current zeitgeist, I don't think that storyline would have sold. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that was another thing, too, kind of on the a different note of what you're saying. That was something I... I enjoyed about it too was that it wasn't another batman christmas movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it was like it was very different it had a a very different feel to it It wasn't like this oh we're in the snowy time of of gotham and like it's all christmasy and and stuff like that no this is a dark time like this is this is the dark night you know (laughs) they really did a good job of making gotham just seem like a place you don't want to live I mean, just everything that they showed in Gotham with the constant crime, it's always raining, which I personally love, but a lot of people don't necessarily care for it. And it's just the constant stuff going on and just the number of like scummy people in the city is just like, man, nothing about the city is appealing. (laughs) Another thing that I really appreciate about this one, though, is it seems like DCEU finally learned how to use lighting in a dark room oh yeah yeah Yeah, definitely everything was clear you could tell what was going on you didn't have to speculate by outline or edge detection like yay okay cool we can actually see what the heck is going on in the dark yeah and that that was uh, especially so like with the first time i really thought about it was the scene where he's in that house uh doing the detective work after that um mayor mayoral candidate or whatever got killed and it was just like okay i could see everything that was going on during the scene i can see everything that's going on while he's doing the investigation which even with the lights on it's still dark as crap in that room like what are you gotham <laughs> <laughs> they just did a lot of dark architecture and and stuff like that it's just like it's like yeah. uh the adams family yeah it's like, yeah. City. It's like a mix between a, a gothic architecture and art deco yeah, yeah. Which kind of goes back to the the original animated series. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very heavily inspired by the Art Deco. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I love the that old '90s cartoon for Batman. It was so good. It was like like to your point. It was definitely more dark, and uh, that also got us the Mark Hamill Joker. So I mean, yep. (laughs) Can't go wrong with that. Yep. If we could get Mark Hamill on here as a guest, that would be amazing. <laughs> That's such a long <laughs> shot. That is, <laughs> that is a very long shot. Harken back to the awesome. Make-A-Wish comment we made. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How did that make it past our edits? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
but man, like just everything that they'd shot with this. And I loved the like constant sound through it. I think that was what one of the things that really stood out to me the most was just the constant music and noise of things happening throughout the scenes. And it wasn't just like random background noise that wasn't relevant. It was like, it was constantly getting your attention. Like, Oh, what is that going to, what's going to happen from this? What's causing that? What are those? And it's just constantly going. And then it's like, even with the like heavy steps as he was walking through some of the corridors, it was just like, Oh, y'all are about to get so messed up. Like you don't even know. (laughs) Made it, made a three hour movie, not seem three hours. Mm -hmm. It was, it was very well done. And Mm -hmm. another thing that I'll, I will absolutely applaud the direct, the, the whole crew on, and mostly this goes towards writing and directorial uh, uh, credits. But one thing that they did a fantastic job of avoiding is that boundary between foreshadowing and telegraphing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They foreshadowed beautifully. They didn't telegraph hardly anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very much like you didn't know what was coming, but it was there's that slight element of, I could figure out how he could see this going right, forward. right. Which, in in the case of bringing Batman back to his roots of being a detective first, vigilante second, it really emphasized that point of no, no, no. He's not just a billionaire playboy. That dude's sharp. Yeah, yeah. He he's among he's supposed to be among the smartest people in the DC universe. Yeah. I mean, him, Lex Luthor, and I, I want to say, like, probably Brainiac or something like that. Yeah. Like, those three are, like, highest level intellect in, in the DC. Well, Obviously, isn't Barry Allen and, up there, too? Barry Allen and... Because um, uh, Barry Allen was... He was a forensic scientist. So, yeah. He, yeah. he was definitely up there. Well, he was also really good at figuring things out yeah. as he was going around. He tended to run before thinking. But he was smart enough to figure things out when he did slow down to think. Yeah. yeah. He he had a fast mind to figure things out. Yeah. yeah. I think that helped him to to be able to be smart is to be able to think through things like that. Yeah. Um that but, Diana is also up there intellect wise. Well, yeah, I mean, with all the knowledge that Themyscira has, mm-hmm. like, yeah. she was very well educated. With, yes. Is that and how old she is? It's more of just long memory more than anything else. Yeah, true. That's true. So it, it, hers is more of a more of a wisdom, mm-hmm. more than a. Uh, hers is w- wisdom partnered with knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Whereas with Barry, it's more of a knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hers is like wisdom and knowledge gained through experience, whereas yeah. his is just like he's got the knowledge and then he experiences something's like Whoa, wrong thought process. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think we're kind of beleaguering the point there and getting off topic. <laughs> what That's okay. This is Batman, but it's also about Batman. So true, yeah. <laughs> and the friends that he keeps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching a clip the other day from uh, I think it was from the Justice League of America cartoon, mm. and it was um, Batman unmasking all of uh, all of the JLA, mm, and yes. I was like. That's so cool. <laughs> Batman's so smart. <laughs> well, it's just even his ability to like in the um older Batman cartoons, he like Superman kind of cheated and used his X-ray vision to see through the mask, and Batman snuck up on someone with super sound or like super hearing and figured out who 
Clark is. Yeah. And then Clark turns around and just sees Batman sitting there. And he's just got a smirk on his face like, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. He's basically the Sherlock Holmes of of the DC universe. And that <laughs> makes me think of the like um, Justice League Doom, I think it was, whereas they, um, the League of Villain, or the League of Doom, Legion of Doom, there we go. Yeah. They get into the Batcave and access Bruce's plans to take down all of the Justice League. Oh, yeah. And it's just yep. seeing like how effective his plans are and how everyone was just sitting down like, oh crap. And it's like, it actually took him and other people that weren't part of the plan interfering to prevent his plan from working because <laughs> yeah. yep. he was able to to ascertain everyone's weaknesses mm-hmm. yeah and it's like and all right you gather them <laughs> not only did he ascertain the weaknesses but he had a way around fixing the problem when it didn't go well right yeah or in the event that something changed like Ten with barry <laughs> it's like all right you have to keep running or you're gonna explode so run to the arctic vibrate your arm through a glacier and <laughs> vibrate it just enough to where the bomb stays in the glacier and you can run away. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm sorry, what? How did you even get that thought process? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's one thing that at least she starts capitalizing on just the different elements of how each character thinks. Mm-hmm. They'll probably get to a point where they're as appreciated as the MCU is. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that's, well, let's not get into MCU, but. <laughs> well, that's all. I, I could go on a whole other tangent on that one. <laughs> but that's a but. fair thing to bring up because that is, that's always the comparison. Yeah, yeah. And when yeah. we look at, like, the Batman movies, the Batman movies tend to be the ones that stand out in DC. Aquaman was definitely, like, that shining light in the darkness for a little while because that, up to that point, there wasn't a whole lot of movies outside of Batman that really got people's attention. Yeah. For uh, like an extended period of time, at least. Yeah. First um, Wonder Woman was also good. Second one was, it was decent. The first Wonder Woman got people's attention. Um, the Man of Steel got people's attention because it was a little bit of a different take on Superman. True. Um, and then I, I guess as technically the same case for Aquaman. But uh, like Batman has always been that one that has stood tall. And like Batman was the one that like, even with the older movies that don't necessarily hold up to today's movies, they... We're still the ones that stood out. (laughs) Yes. They were still the ones that stood out over like the old Superman movies that no one really talks about anymore. Which is funny because I I still enjoy watching those every once in a while, but I think you are definitely the optimist of the trio, (laughs) too. Yes. I I do agree. (laughs) I will admit I have a soft spot for that first uh, Superman movie. Well, of course. I think everybody should. Yeah. 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 But you did a fantastic job. Yeah, rest them, <laughs> and and then uh, what what's her name that played Lois? I don't um, remember. Oh man, I can see. Her but anyway, her, anyway, yeah, her she did a phenomenal job as Lois Lane. She did. I think that was very much who we thought Lois Lane was for many many years. Yep. So, but yeah, back to back to Batman though, like. <laughs> i think that this was a big step forward for the dceu um this movie it showed that you don't have to stick to the nolan style Mm -hmm. to make it successful and nothing against the nolan style it's obviously well known and loved by so many people because of how good it is but it introduced this new style and this new take on a character and did well and showed it's like okay the fans are paying attention 
They want to see something different. They don't want to just see us trying to be Marvel. They don't want to see us trying to be Christopher Nolan. They want to see us do these characters correctly. Yeah. You mean do the Justice League justice? <laughs> but up. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, but, uh, I was, uh, yeah, I was going to add that. I think uh, we've... We're done, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that audiences got kind of spoiled by the Nolan trilogy. Um, I think they got spoiled by the Dark Knight. <laughs> that That's fair, because that is, that is yeah, definitely that is the one that everyone points to and says, is it better than the Dark Knight? Is it as good as the Dark Knight? Like, yeah. I don't think Dark Knight Rises gets the appreciation it deserves because it was the one that followed the Dark Knight. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it was, though, is I think it it came after the Dark Knight and then it didn't do as well. So it was just like, okay, it has its moments, but it didn't have the same uh, consistency throughout the whole movie of like, oh, man, this is amazing. You know, well, I think it's less that it, it isn't as consistent as Dark Knight, and more people had lower expectations of Dark Knight because Batman Begins was entertaining and for what it was, but it wasn't one of those movies you just walked away like, oh, I can't wait to see more Batman. It was just kind of like, oh, that was a, that was a good Batman movie compared yeah. to some of the other stuff we've got. Yeah. And then like people went into the Dark Knight, and like they were being pretty negative on Heath Ledger's Joker. They were being pretty negative on on Christian Bale because he was had his own issues at the time. And, um, and so they, they went in with low expectations. And when they walked out, they were like, Oh, that was great. That was way above what I expected. Yeah. And so I think it was the low expectations going in more so than dark Knight rises, not being as consistent. I agree that it wasn't as consistent as dark Knight, but I do think that the lower expectations going in played a big factor. Yeah. Yeah, because then you get the higher expectations of of the Dark Knight, and then you get the Dark Knight Rises. And yeah. It's like okay, that wasn't which <laughs> I personally enjoyed, but I'm also a big Bane fan. Yeah, so like I was never going to be disappointed if Bane's in it, <laughs> unless he's walking around monkey world, <laughs> not Bane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which on that point, I am a little curious, guys. What villain would y'all want to see? In a live action Batman. Oh. Hush. I want to see Hush. That is one of mine. Okay. I think, yeah, I think Hush would be good. I think Clayface would be amazing. I also think Azrael would be a good one. Ooh. I feel like. If they just, do Azrael, they're going to have to go with the Hellwalker uh, saga. Hmm. Well, I feel like what, at least my gut feeling and just what I picked up from it, it kind of feels like we're building the Court of Owls. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was literally just about yes. to say that, too. <laughs> Court of Owls would be phenomenal in just about any storyline. And the way that they they set this one up, and because they keep that major twist ending from the original um, eh, Long Halloween storyline, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're setting it up softball pitch for it, it to easily be a known factor in one of the next ones if they yeah. do continue on this yeah. particular strain of the storyline. And if I'm remembering correctly, the, the main guy from Court of Owls is Talon, correct? Or is it the the minions are called Talons? I want to say the minions. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but correct. I think the minions are Talons. Um, I feel like, because uh, I was talking about this with a couple of friends of mine 
after we saw the movie. And we were saying that we feel like Court of Owls could bring, be what they use to introduce Hush. Yeah. And bring him in for that. Because, like, I don't, I don't remember if... I've actually haven't read Court of Owls, so I'm not super familiar with it. I just know about it from you guys and a couple other friends that have told me about it. Um, it just, like, his connection. I don't remember if Hush is part of the Court of Owls storyline. Mm. But the way that it's done and the way that they're building up this part of the universe, I feel like it could easily build to that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And what I like, too, is like the way that they set things up with some of the characters, like Catwoman and Penguin. It's like, okay, Penguin is kind of there. He's not like the Penguin we all know yeah. until towards the end. It's like, okay, things are changing now. Penguin is becoming the Penguin. And, and then, I love how they worked in the waddle. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then they also did this story. It was like Catwoman leaves, and it's like, okay, so like, are they doing that as a way to not totally rely on her character moving forward? Is that just kind of a thing? It's like, okay, she comes back because something happens. It's like, kind of fitting with her, her character. Yeah. Throughout, actually, almost every rendition of, of her story. Yeah. Her character arc. Yeah. I it's think very fitting. Yeah. Oh, I, I 100% agree. And I feel like doing it right, they could easily have her leave and not be in the next one and then potentially show up either post credits or very early in like a third one. And be like, okay, I need help. Yeah. And I know I can trust you. Yep. Um, but to kind of cycle back to your question, other well, villains like I actually need to give credit where it's due. That actually was something prompted by a coworker of mine. So Ricky, if you're listening, oh, thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh i I would like to see a new take on Poison Ivy in this darker universe. Uh, oh, that'd be good. I feel like Ooh. there's a lot of ways that they could really do that. And I feel like there's plenty of actresses that could do that character really well with mm. this setup. Just not Uma Thurman. <laughs> I was like, even just thinking about like some of the other actresses that we've got, like Gemma Arterton could play a really interesting version of Poison Ivy in this darker universe. Uh, even Elizabeth Olsen could play a fantastic oh, version of this yes. character. Like, there's, I, I think she's enjoying that Disney money right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's so many possible casting choices to play characters like Poison Ivy or even Hush that would be really cool. What, what about Shailene Woodley? What has she been in? That, she was in the Divergent series. She was oh, the main, okay. main actress in that. She was actually supposed to be MJ in, in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, movies. She's a good actress. I, I could see her doing some fun stuff with that character for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to, like, it just kind of dawned on me. I was like, hmm, that would be an interesting yeah. uh, take on it. Yeah, that would be. Um, kind of real quick, uh, two little points back to uh, the movie. Um, I, I have to say I really liked these these two points. Uh, one thing was about Catwoman making her Falcon's daughter was so like mind blowing to me. I was like, "What?" <laughs> so you hadn't. So you went into that without knowing any without of knowing points. Okay. No, I didn't know that at all. Then the whole uh, idea of Martha, uh, mm. Martha Wayne being in Arkham, and yeah. also that she was in Arkham. I didn't know that as as well. Yeah. Oh, there are so many plot points. <laughs> well, they're, they're touching on a lot of the older comic book storylines that yeah. they d haven't used in quite a while. Yeah. And that was, I think, one of my favorite things about the movie was that it's like, okay, these are things that like 
these aren't some of the mainstream storylines that they're touching on. They're they're kind of digging into the well a little bit for yeah, these, no. but the, and it's working. Yeah, the thing about that though with with Martha is the fact that in the Flashpoint paradox, she becomes Joker. So it makes a ton of sense that she was already insane. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, there was a tidbit in the film just before, uh, well, at, in that same statement where they deliver that little factoid of her going nuts. Yeah. That leads into um, your original concept of, of villains that would be awesome to see. So it's it's a small bit of lore, but I encourage anyone who is interested in that, go back, watch the movie, and now that it's coming out on HBO Max, this is one to actually shell out to go see it in a theater. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. <clears throat> and like with this darker, more detective-based take on it, I think Hush would actually be perfect yeah. follow-up because... He just like he led Batman on quite the like goose chase, for lack of a better word, building up to his ultimate plan. And like it required a lot of detective work to hunt down Hush. Mm. And so like since they are leaning more into the detective side of things and we've got this angle with Martha Arkham and like there's so much that they could do. And Hush just feels like the perfect choice. Now, remind me again, I, I'm actually not too who versed in Hush's character is like he is a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne's okay. or like and like his family was close with the Wayne family and so they'd known each other a lot but they kind of went down very different paths as they got older right. and it got to the point where Hush was just basically out for vengeance against Bruce because he felt like the Waynes kind of like ruined his life and his family mm-hmm. and he got to the point where he was like killing people and taking like taking off parts of their faces to like meld his face into looking like Bruce so that he could take over. That's what it was. Okay. Cause for some reason I was thinking that he was a clone of, of Bruce, but that makes more sense that he was trying to basically become yeah. Bruce. And again, I'm hats off to my coworker, same coworker. Um, that kind of ties into another one that would be interesting for them to try to adapt live action is professor pig. One of the, he's newer, so I don't know. So that actually might be a benefit because they could tie him in with the original lore that was more rooted in the plausible. Yeah, Professor Pig and uh, Mad Hatter both would be interesting characters that they can kind of play around with, as in this more detective style. Yeah, and one that as as much as I enjoyed um, Cillian Murphy's take on him, I would love to see a a take on Scarecrow where they actually get more involved in what the hallucinations are. Yeah, the scarecrow is he's he's a shrink. Mm-hmm. He's a psychologist. He plays with people's minds. Yeah, he fixes them in his when he's daylighting. But whenever he's moonlighting as this villain, he messes them. He messes them up all the more. Yeah. So my question to you guys, I guess, would be, um, like, do you guys think that this movie lends itself to some of the more um, fantastic? ideas of like of the clay face of the you know the more powered individuals Um, i feel like it's leaning more into the like intelligence battles yeah it's more a chess match than a full-on fight which we saw plenty of brawling 
with yeah. all of the Riddler goons, which, by the way, that was fantastic. Just him oh. just trucking through the hall, oh, getting yeah. shot. Like, yes. I'm going to hurt you when I get there. Like, <laughs> oh, that was so good. Yes. Um, Reminiscent of a uh, uh, Marvel I do think that we could build up two more powered characters like Clayface. I feel like we're probably going to stick more with the more intellectual battles, at least for the time being. I think if if they decided, I think they can, and I think if they decide they're going to go ahead and shift it that route, we'll probably see the likes of Solomon Grundy first. Mm. Yes. Oh, Oh, that would actually be great. I hadn't even thought about that. Because Grundy, Grundy is. I mean, he, in and of himself, he is a mystery. Yeah. And they definitely tease that, like, brutal fighting side when he took the shot of adrenaline towards yep. the end of the movie. It's just like, oh, man, like, if he got put into a corner where he has to just boost up on adrenaline to take on, like, Grundy or well, Clayface. Again, like, this is back to a little bit more of test- testing your comic lore here. What color was that adrenaline? Quote, it was quote. green. It's green. It was a neon fluorescent green. Mm-hmm. Where have we seen that before in the original comics? Ninja Turtle ooze. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I was thinking I, I was going to go more either, original Bane, but yeah, yeah. either Bane yeah. or the Joker serum. True. From the, considering from the effects that's true. Of it, considering the effects of it, him it just, was more Bane. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely leans a little bit more into Bane. I would like to see the intellectual Bane. Which we got yes, bits yeah. and pieces of with Tom Hardy, but definitely not to the same extent. See, I think but... they should, I think they should go a mix of it of like he is still intellectual and he's very mob bossy, but at the same time when he takes the the venom, yeah, it hulks him out pretty well, much. Like I liked, I kind of think that makes me think of the version of Bane that we got from Arkham Origins. Whereas, like, when Joker shows up and was like, all right, I'm the one that created the bounty. I actually killed Black Mask. He's irrelevant in this story. Let's see who can kill Batman first. You have one night. Mm-hmm. And Bane just, like, takes over and is like, I have a plan. Get out of my way. Yeah. Yep. I- I'm definitely with you. I think-, I think Bane would be a really cool... I would like to see that. Mm, yeah. I do <laughs> want them to do more of the obscure characters like Hush and Court of Owl stuff because those are these storylines that we haven't seen. Yeah. We've seen Bane. We've seen the angle of like them touching on the... Um, I'm forgetting the name of the comic when B- uh, Bane breaks Batman's back. Um, oh, oh, goodness. Shoot. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that comic arc right now, but like we've seen them touch on that. We've seen them touch on like the stuff with the Joker as much as I would like to see a new Joker to see what they do with it in this universe. Actually, we already have to an extent. Yes. It was in the deleted scene. Yeah. Yeah. If you watch that deleted scene, I think the only reason they cut that that scene in particular was because they were worried about runtime. It was Which long, deleted long scene? Long. It's not the one with Riddler and him talking in prison, right? No, okay. no that was, it was the end it was scene. Batman coming to and actually talk to Joker. Joker about Riddler. Oh, interesting. What, yeah, I'm gonna have to find that deleted scene then. That sounds really cool. Yep, it was. Um, I, I was surprised they left it out. Yeah, I feel like between the runtime and then also just the concern of like, okay, we've done Joker before and there's always that immediate comparison of how does this hold up to Heath Ledger? Yeah. Um, so I think that the, the guy who's playing it did a fantastic job. He did. I think he got the laugh down. Mm -hmm. I think he got 
the just kind of the maniacal like thought process of things where he was he was thinking as a criminal he was thinking as a um he was almost channeling harley in some ways of like uh that psychiatrist mm. side of things where yeah. like batman was trying to get him to get into the psyche of riddler but with that um uh, with that maniacal thought behind it of like trying to get batman's goat you know like just trying to like get him you know well, I mean, since, since they brought joker in as a long-standing villain not just a one-off it, he was kind of his entire interactions with Batman really could be summarized with the old philosophical thought of if you stare into the darkness, the darkness stares back. Right. That was very much what inspired Joker and his mentality. Mm-hmm. At least from that's, my perspective. I'm not well, that's something that they always they always tease in pretty much every arc that the Joker's a part of is just like, okay, the Joker is here because you are here. Yeah you are basically the birth of Joker. Like Joker would have been around regardless, but he may not have been who he is without Batman being there. Yeah. Though he was the challenge of Batman. Yeah. yeah. Though I think if, if, if Warner Brothers wants to give people a bit of a break from the standard Batman storylines that we all know and love, well, no, um, <laughs> I know we're on every series has their dull moments. Yeah. So it's not a particular slight. I think if they want to give a break, but do something fresh and still use that same property, it would be incredible to see they see a live action adaptation of the Batman Beyond story. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, the future that Batman, fantastic Terry oh. McGinnis, Ink, yeah, Ink like was even the splicers, even the splicers and stuff like that yeah. too. Like, like the the Joker, uh, the Joker gang. gang. Oh man, like. I would love to see a live action version of that. Yeah. Yep. Even some of the other ones, like um, oh, there was a um, an African American Batman that came out uh not too long ago that it was I think it was called like New Batman or something like that or oh no no it was uh Batman Incorporated. Mm. Okay. okay. Yeah. Which I think would be kind of a cool idea. Yeah, that would be awesome. I do I do want to see more of what they do and it. It's interesting because this is such an early take on Batman that it's kind of hard to predict what they're going to do because I don't see them doing any sort of like time skip or anything. Like, I feel like the way that they're building this universe, they want to try and keep it cohesive and not jump around too much. And so I don't think we're going to see a darker take on like Robin or Nightwing or characters like those. But I do think that we could build, continue building in that direction where it's like maybe we do get a Robin down the road. Yeah. Um, and again, but, I would say that this film definitely hinted at at building to that plot point coming into a more, as you put it, more cohesive storyline mm-hmm. with um, him with Bruce look, looking after and constantly. They, they kind of focus on Bruce with this pondering face of like, "How can I help you? You, you, you are where I was. Yeah, how do I help you overcome this? Yeah, with well, the, and that, the senator's son or yeah, yeah. Son. But son. that and also just the whole setup at the end was like, okay, like vengeance is not the solution. That yeah. can very quickly become a dangerous path for a lot of people. 
I need to completely change my mindset. I need to change my mentality. I need to do what I can for the people of Gotham instead of just focusing on how I can fix myself. Yeah, and even after debating with other other people who, in the storyline that were very much with his mentality, mm. like, you know what? I've got to wait until all the pieces are in play before I make a judgment call. Yeah. I, I actually really did love that about that movie, about how his his perspective changed so much at the end of like, mm-hmm. no, I need to be hero. I don't need to be vengeance. I need to be a hero. Well, I mean, you see this version of Batman go through so much in yep. that like three plus hour runtime. Yeah. It's like between, and, and it also did a good job of touching on like how close he and Alfred actually are while also showing that's like Bruce is still being kind of like Zuko was with Iroh, keeping his distance. <laughs> like Alfred's yeah. there being patient. Like you're a little jerk but I'm here because I care about you yeah. <laughs> and still building towards that. Yeah. Um, and it really kind of showed that relationship without making it like too much of a focal point until it needed to be the focal point. Yeah. yeah. And the way they show that scene, Bill, it, it's, it's a dirty trick, but they played it with a plum where they absolutely build up that hope of, no, 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 everyone's going to be okay. And then you realize, no, you're seeing two two timelines converge here, mm-hmm. and and no, that that hope you were feeling, it's that it's that pit in Bruce's throat as he's driving back to the manor. Like, no, 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 hang on. <laughs> yeah, and just like, and Andy Circus did such a good yes. job. I was literally looking up that name. I was like. I can't remember his name, but yeah. Andy like he Circus, did such you know, a great crap. job with... Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew him as Gollum, and I knew him as uh, Claw. Yep. But... It was just like, we've gotten teases of who Alfred was in his life before he became butler for the Waynes, and like Dark Knight, when it's just like, we burned the forest down. That was our solution. Yeah. Um, and like, they teased these things of like, okay, Alfred has this darker past, and he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for, and he's also not holding to the same restrictions that Batman is with guns and things. Yeah. So, and, and then also, he's no slouch. Oh no! In uh, in the show Gotham, uh, he was he was a military man. Yeah, mm-hmm. former like, SAS was in Gotham, wasn't he? Yeah. So There's... he he knows his way around. Which actually, I think action. that is pretty close to original canon too. Yeah. Well, there's like an older comic book arc of someone like breaking into Wayne Manor. And you just see Alfred standing there with a double barrel shotgun, just loading up the rounds. He goes, I assure you, I do not hold to my master's qualms with guns. Yeah. And just oh puts it together and it's just like, oh no. Alfred's not holding back Batman. Batman's holding back Alfred. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, we don't kill. What are you talking about, Master Bruce? <laughs> That's rubbish, Master Bruce. <laughs> We've had this discussion for a little bit, and I think there's another fairly popular question to ask about Batman. Okay. Who is the best Batman? I mean, it's gotten to the point now where there, I think there have been almost as many actors playing Batman as there have been playing James Bond. So yeah. I think it's a fair yeah. question. To ask. <laughs> and that's such an interesting category, because I don't know that there's one person that was the best at both sides of the character. Yeah. At least for me, like there's some people that really stand out as Bruce and there's other people that really stand out as Batman. Yeah. But at, for me personally, I don't have one person I can point to and say, okay, you were the best overall at both sides of this character period. Yeah. yeah. 
I feel the same way, um, except I feel like, yeah, no, <laughs> you're, you're right. Um, I think one of the earlier ones of the earlier Batman movies, I think had a better, um, better rounded out version of, of, uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. I can't remember which one it was. Could he move his neck? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm more talking about the actual characteristics, not not ah, so much the suit. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I want to say Val Kilmer definitely did a good rounding rounding out of both characters. As for a better, uh, the best Batman, it's himself. I would say honestly, myself, I would say Ben Affleck. I like Batman as, or Ben Affleck as Batman. Batman. Not so much as Bruce Wayne, yeah. but Batman himself. Credit to Ben Affleck on this. If they wanted to go with the older older Batman storylines, like what we had all thought that particular movie would have been, mm-hmm. where it was the original Batman versus Superman storyline, yeah. yeah, had they stuck closer to that, that version, <clears throat> yes, I would agree with you. For a young, or younger, still pretty much in his prime batman no i can't yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I i can see where you're coming from on that because it he wasn't the best batman ever yeah. but i would say that he was my favorite iteration of batman okay <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair i feel like michael keaton stands out in a lot of stuff that he did and then also like christian bale did what he did like there's no denying his place within the batman universe but for me like i was just so genuinely surprised with robert pattinson that i like he's one of the ones that's like walking away like i want to see a lot more of him in this character whereas like christian bale he did like those movies were good obviously because they are um but i wasn't walking around like i want to see more things with christian bale Whereas with this one, I walked out, I was like, why is Robert Pattinson not in more movies? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's so much better than I gave him credit for. Yeah. yeah. And I think seeing yeah. a growth in him as Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. I think that would be phenomenal. Because with him being it, being his second, what, uh, first or second year of ba- being Batman. Yeah. Second, like, second year of being Batman. I will say, as Bruce Wayne, he didn't really get my attention. Well, that's like, I didn't saying, think though. he was like, a great Bruce Wayne, and especially with that weird, like, emo haircut thing yeah. i was just like what is that well that's kind of what uh, i was saying though is that like at this point the bully mcguire look yeah the he's he's still in his vengeance batman phase where he hasn't developed his bruce wayne persona mm-hmm. yeah. so like at this point he's just he's being batman mm-hmm. and he want he like right now is when he's gonna be like okay now i need to build my my yeah. bruce wayne persona as being that billionaire playboy yeah. And being that that hit that's his mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was about to say that it, it's it, it's fitting with the timeline they've given of how long he's been the Dark Knight to say, okay, are you the Dark Knight or are you Bruce Wayne playing the Dark Knight? Right. So I think in that regards, absolutely, the casting could not have been better. But as far as personal favorite Batman's, Val Kilmer, I think was the closest to balancing out the two. In a fairly well-rounded way, though, and this is potentially a very tricky response. 
Uh, Kevin Conroy. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, great. He doesn't I mean, have to do any physical acting, but still. That's the yeah. Batman we grew up with. That's a bit of a cop-out <laughs> answer. Come on. Voices are emotive. That, well, I never said they weren't. <laughs> that's like saying Heath Ledger's your favorite Joker when Mark Hamill clearly is the best choice. <laughs> I mean, Heath yeah. Ledger did the perfect Joker of... Live action. action. Yeah. It was a fresh take on the character <clears throat> that was phenomenal. Yeah. And there's actually a clip of Hamill saying, no, what what he did with the character, I he he was he was floored mm-hmm. by how well Ledger carried off the character. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because there's also people that make a lot of those same comments about Mark Hamill when he was in the voice recording studio. They're just like, you see this really nice, unassuming person that's just friendly and there to chat. And then he gets into the sound booth and he just like transforms in the way he moves when he's speaking. It's like it's an entirely different person that's in the sound booth. Yeah. I, again, I would love to, <laughs> to just sit down and talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got such a big part of our childhood yes. with Joker, Luke, Star Wars. And Fire Lord Ozai, like yep. just those three characters alone. Oh, it's like, okay, cool. That. So you made up my childhood. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not to mention, yeah. Well, you you did say Luke's Luke yep. Skywalker. So never mind. <laughs> no. I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, unless anybody has anything else, we, we can uh, wrap up this this episode i would say as a closing thought if you take any inspiration from any of the batman storylines i think uh jim gordon uh wraps uh, puts it pretty pretty succinctly be the hero people deserve or the people need not the hero they deserve 